Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshot.net. Interview Maxwell Roach. There's a bit of a sense of living in a goldfish bowl sometimes when we look at the Irish education system and I'm certainly guilty of that when I'm giving out week in week out about our system but I thought it might be a nice idea to maybe check out another education system and interview somebody who has uh, some experience of being in it and we're moving this week to Canada a country which performs really, really well in international tests and often has methodologies that we admire. As well as that, it has a commitment to inclusivity in all of its forms, whether that's special education, but also diversity, where this is very, very far stretching, or so we're led to believe. This week, I'm meeting a man called Maxwell Roach, who runs a business um, which helps to tutor children uh, on a one-to-one basis, uh, but also has a huge uh, and interesting history in the music industry and even in the bread-making industry. I hope you enjoy the interview I have with Maxwell Roach, learn a little bit about the Canadian education system and uh, maybe what we might do if in Ireland, if I were the Minister for Education. Hello, hello. You are very welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Anshad.net. This is Simon Lewis speaking. Well, I am going international this week and I am going specifically uh, to Canada where I am meeting uh, someone I that approached me there a few weeks ago to see if I'd like to talk to him. And I was only too delighted to. Uh, it is Maxwell Roach, the founder of the John Ayres Learning Club. And I have learned uh, that this is no just learning club. This is a presence uh, in Canada where children um, of many ages uh, can learn at their own pace, in person, online and so on. And I'm really looking forward uh, to chatting to Maxwell uh, today to find out a little bit about John Ayres Learning Club, but also about the education system in Canada. And also um, one of the things that we admire in Ireland, well, I certainly admire in Canada, about is about how well Canada embraced diversity. Ireland is, I, I mean, and I talk about this on the podcast quite a lot, failing miserably in terms of our staffing and in our education system in how we approach diversity in all its forms. So I'm really looking forward to this discussion and I hope you enjoy it too. So really nice to meet you, Maxwell. Thanks so much for joining me. Absolutely, Simon. Thank you. Really happy to be here. You know, I, I think we're in for a good conversation. So looking forward to it. Absolutely. I, I really am too. So I suppose, I mean, without sounding like the first question in a job interview, how about you tell us all about yourself and uh, what, what, what your story, your education story? Of course, uh, most definitely. I mean, I think, you know, what's interesting about even what you said there. I've, I've actually had so many job interviews. It I uh, in the you know order of hundreds to I don't know probably even touching a thousand and you know what I would say that that has probably prepared me in you know introducing myself effectively so you know I appreciate all that but uh, so yes Maxwell Roach uh, John Aves Learning Club that's that's where we're at here I'm the founder and you know my my sort of journey has been quite winding 
and I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, I think, you know, having a wide range of information from different sectors and industries is it's, it's been valuable to me, right? Everyone has their path and this one happens to be mine. So, uh, you know, I, I sort of started out within professionally in the, in the music, uh, department, music career, uh, going to school across Canada, uh, from where I am currently. So I'm in Ontario now. So I went across Canada and studied school, studied as a drummer and learned a lot. Probably one of the best experiences of my life, right? Or maybe one of the most important experiences, I would say, because it really shaped my understanding of what it means to approach mastery in a skill set, right? Mm. Now, I'm, I am far from the master <laughs> of the drums, <laughs> but the idea of mastering something and knowing how to go about it really does, it permeates and it allows you to, to take that information and utilize it in different industries, different sectors, different practices and things like that. So um, being able to do that and also being in a school setting, understanding how uh, different types of teaching work and, you know, those types of factors, it really did lead me to kind of where I am today. And so even when going to that school, I went to a college uh, in Edmonton, Alberta, and then mm -hmm. I moved to Toronto after studying in Edmonton for a couple of years. You know, I was performing with my teachers and all of those things. Moved mm -hmm. to Toronto, which even that in itself, listen, always make decisions based on your, based on how you, firstly, how you feel. Secondly, on your research, right? Always yes. move with, with, with what you feel you're supposed to be doing. Then do your research and then make decisions quickly because yes. you can miss so many things in your life because you're delaying. I've seen it all over. I am very, very, very staunch, I guess we could say, about making sure that I make my decisions effectively and quickly. So if I wouldn't have moved to Toronto, I wouldn't have been able to start, you know, performing with, I've been so fortunate, you know, we toured across Canada opening for Beyonce and I've wow. shared stages with the Rolling Stones and, you know, performed with some of the members in the band. And, you know, I met Charlie Watts, the the drummer, the the late great. And, well, he played my drum set, you know, things like that. And, you know, had great conversation, him in his tight pants, you know, so really <laughs> great, really fantastic. And, you know, these these experiences would have never happened if I didn't decide to make decisions that may not have been the most comfortable. Right. Mm. So, you know, why not just try it? And so all of this sort of led to um, to to learning quite a bit and 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 being in putting myself in situations that were uncomfortable, but I knew there would be growth. And so, you know, after all this touring and everything, um, or maybe during the touring, you know, I, I, you know, my wife and I, we found each other and, you know, you have children and the whole, the whole yeah. story begins. And at the end of the day, I had to make a decision. I had to say, okay, well, am I going to continue touring or am I going to, you know, focus on my children? Yeah. And this is, these are tough decisions. Listen, music is a, it has a hold on you. I always say, once you're a musician, you're always a musician. <laughs> it's just yeah. how it goes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, moving forward from there, I think I had to make that decision. And I said, I need to focus on my children. And I would say that that's where the real education, the, the idea of education really began. Because, you know, we, we had children. Uh, I was, you know, home more often. You know, I, I actually ended up creating a bread business so that I could stay home. And I know the next natural sort of course of action, tour the world. <laughs> Bread business, sorry. <laughs> and so went ahead and did that, and I was able to, uh, you know, get uh, my bread product within grocery stores uh, across the greater Toronto area. I was in about four or five chains, and uh, we had about twelve stores, right? And wow. uh, and it was amazing. These are you know good sized stores as well, 
And it really did get to the point where, again, I was spending all the time in the commercial kitchen. I was baking bread. I was hiring employees. They were burning my bread, like all kinds of things, right? But I'm learning about business now. But what I realized is that, well, wait a minute. The skills are so transferable from music over to bread. Mm. It's great, right? But again, my children, I, I needed to be home with my kids. So, you know, we I, I sort of dissolved that, even though it was it was moving a bit too quickly for me. I didn't realize the problem of having too many customers and too many demands. I didn't realize the the weight of this, right? Yeah. So going through and sort of having having my children, I said, you know, I again, I still need to focus on them. And all within this time, you know, my wife and I, we are focusing on the education. We're making sure that our children are reading, uh, making sure they're doing math. I mean, our children were doing long division by the time they were three. You know, they were reading, right. you know, two years old, whatever it might be, right? Just because we had such a passion for making sure. And for those who can't see as well, and I, I say this as well, that I'm, I'm a black individual and I'm out here and I'm existing, right? It's pretty much what it is, right? So, you know, I want to make sure that my children have the best. I want to make sure that they absolutely have the best chance of making it, right? So yeah. we're feeding them all of this information, all of it, all of it, and they're obtaining, they're, they're retaining it. And it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So this position, uh, you know, creating this bread business, it actually, you know, garnered me a job working as a director of operations in a tech organization. And we were a multi-million dollar organization. And then we, uh, I ended up touring somehow again because we started traveling the world, administering scholarships to universities and doing all these things, right? I'm speaking with postdocs and professors about deep learning and all these things that I don't even know anything about at the time. Right? <laughs> I, I had a lot of learning to do, but it was great. It was fantastic. And yet again, the ability to understand what what the approaching mastery looks like and how to how to navigate that, I had mm-hmm. that skill set from previous, so I just applied it here. I applied it there. It was great, right? Mm-hmm. So did that for a while, and then you know, COVID hit, pandemic, and everyone's reevaluating their entire existence <laughs> at that point. Yeah. And so you know, at that point, I started working up more from home, and what ended up happening, you know, long story short. I ended up as the CEO of a childcare organization. Ah. And again, I already had this foundation with my children where they were doing all kinds of mathematics. They were reading, they were writing. We were doing all, all sorts of things, right? We're playing yeah. chess. We're, we've got all these math games at home. Yeah. And I'm going in and I'm looking at this childcare and I'm saying, well, why is it that these children, they can't actually, like they, they can't even recognize their names. Yes. They can't, they can't write their names. They can't read their names. What's happening here? So- mm. It had something to do with the education system within uh, Canada and more specifically within Ontario. Now, I don't want to dig into it too much right now, but mm, it made me leave and start my own organization. <laughs> it's pretty much what happened. Right. And so here we are with this organization that now, as you know, we were speaking a little bit earlier, you know, we've got our books, we have online, uh, which, which I'm calling and what we're calling at our, at our institution here, personalized learning instruction. Right. There's mm-hmm. tutoring, which is one headset, and there's personalized learning, which is another headspace that I prefer to be in. Right. Yes. So we have this online, we have it virtual, we have a digital component where we take our curriculum and we uh, provide it to to uh, anyone really who would like a curated sort of digital curriculum. And mm-hmm. I mean, who would have thought that it would have who would have thought that I would have went from music into teaching children how to do stuff that's yeah. completely unrelated to music. But I think the foundations are the same. And I always say I have a music degree and I 
firmly in within myself believe that it is one of the greatest degrees that you can have because it's a, it's a degree in learning how to touch people's souls. And if yeah. you can do that, then you can absolutely do anything because people are the commonality within this within this world, right? So understanding how that works, listen, artists go on stage and then people are, you know, people are fainting out in the audience just from just from people playing notes on an instrument, right? So having yeah. a degree in this is fantastic, right? I feel so fortunate. So uh, I guess that's a bit of the journey, you know, moving forward. And here we are. And, you know, now we're speaking, of course, and being able to speak with, you know, um, incredible educators and principals, head teachers around the world. I mean, let's continue the conversation because I think I have a different, a bit of a different insight as to mm. how to fix certain things, how to look at things differently and and also, I'm here to learn because, again, <laughs> this isn't the space I come from, but it's the space that I reside in. And, you know, hey, listen, the the, the company speaking for itself. So it's it's really exciting. That is very exciting. And it's, it's, it's so interesting to hear your story. I, I love uh, people who've had a life before teaching. Uh, and you sure have had a life before teaching. And um, I, I, I was I, it was funny, I like to go from music to bread to teaching. And, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to link them up in some very clever way. But I, I'll get there by the end in some way. I'm going to think of some, some very clever sentence. But until then, you mentioned about the Canadian education system. And in Ireland, I mean, when we think of the Canadian education system, two words uh, come to us and it's actually probably uh, it's it's New Brunswick uh, which is a different province so what we know what we learned uh, because of New Brunswick is that your education system is quite um, in Canada is, is quite different to ours we have a national curriculum and every school no matter where they are in the country does the same curriculum uh, no matter what flavour of school or anything like that um, however uh, we learned New Brunswick were very much into a, a particular type of, in, they called it inclusive uh, teaching. Uh, but you're in Ontario, which is slightly different. And um, could you give us some insight about what what was the Ontario education system, let's say, like as a as a child um, at primary level? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not too familiar with the New Brunswick uh, way of, of curriculum sure. and education, but... I think here in Ontario, it is very much when I was younger, right? Now things have changed because, you know, I had homework and now mm. these these kids don't have homework. Yeah. <laughs> so this is something that I can't relate to on by any means. And <laughs> I'll explain this very simply as well, because, again, I came from, uh, you know, performing as a musician, right? And learning as a musician. And here's the thing. When you're learning a skill set like that, the key is repetition. Mm. The key is practice. So when I'm getting homework as, you know, someone who's in primary school or whatever it might be, then this is very synonymous with repetition and practice. Now, how are you supposed to learn something if you don't do it over and over? This is not how our bodies work, right? That's all memory. Right. Very important. So I think the education system has definitely changed. There's no question about it. Right now, when 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 I was younger, of course, you know, you go through different different grades. Now, every province, it, they do have different curriculum base and whatnot and, and what's required. So we have what's called uh, EQAO here. Right. So okay. basically what is it? It's it's a testing. I, most places have testing uh, to some degree. So hmm. in grade three and in grade six uh, and I believe it's grade 10 here as well. Uh, there's a okay. portion of it there. Uh, we have uh, a testing, right? So that goes out. And basically this testing is a barometer for what's happening in the province, right? So you go okay. through different, you know, mathematical questions, you know, uh, reading, English, things like that. 
Uh, so that happens in those grades. And to be honest, the grades are quite low here. And what's really interesting about that is I'm not sure if, I, so I've, I've spoken to other, you know, head teachers, principals as well. This is something that's been happening for years. So why is this not a focus within, within the pro- province? I actually don't really understand, right? So I'm looking okay. at ways to come in and kind of help with this. But I think kind of moving forward, it's always been quite inclusive in Ontario. I mean, Canada as uh, on a whole, I think we were kind of speaking about this earlier. Mm. We're sort of, we're sort of this place where many different nations come to Toronto, mm. right? And in Toronto, listen, you'll see so many different things. You'll go down to, uh, downtown. Uh, you'll see different streets that are dedicated to different cultures. You'll see different areas, you know, little Italy as an example, or mm. Greek town and things like that, right? So there are the, the, the diversity and the multiculturalism within the, the city of Toronto and therefore across the province is actually incredible, right? Mm. Uh, now, as you get to different areas of uh, Canada, I think, you know, as you go further west, you know, it becomes a little bit more homogenized, but even there it's starting to expand, right? Which is mm. actually, it, it's something that I think Canada prides itself on, right? Which is yeah. really great. So yeah. in that respect, when it comes to education, I think now what we're seeing a lot more of is this inclusive portion within Ontario, especially specifically, because we start talking about, uh, you know, things like Hanukkah, as an example, within school, right? Yes, we have Christmas, right? Because, you know, there's Catholic schools and, you know, predominantly Roman Catholic and things like that. But we talk about different, you know, there's uh, there's Passover that had just happened as well and all of these things that are now included within the curriculum of the school. So yes, there is this inclusion side of things, which I always think is interesting. Why not learn about other cultures, right? I think it's very important. And I think the teachers do the best that they can in that respect. Uh, and and tell me, I'm sorry to interrupt you there. I mean, in Ireland, I mean, there you, most schools are run by a particular religious order, mainly Catholic. Um, and despite Ireland being a very multicultural society now, I mean, there's only, we've 90, 90% of our schools are run by the Catholic Church, but only, you know, 70% of people identify as Catholic with far, far fewer actually practising in any way. But there are a number of schools that have come up over the last, while well, I work in one myself, um, and, you know, you are you are expected, you know, to teach about different faiths and different beliefs and none and so on. And and the actual teaching part of it, I, I think, is, isn't that difficult, but it's the people delivering the teaching that I think that is the big difference we, we, we have in Ireland. I mean, you, see, you know, we have absolutely... I, I well no diversity. I mean, I, I mean, I'm as diverse as I get because I'm not from a Christian background, which is very rare in a, in an Irish context. And that's that, as you can see, and and people who I can't see me, you know, I, I'm not a very good example of diversity. <laughs> so, um, I I guess um, I mean the the question I'm kind of trying to ask you in a way is, did did um did was there a deliberate um policy or a deliberate um, I don't know what word I'm trying to use, but a, a different a different initiative to ensure that um, there was diversity in the teaching profession, very much like how in England, for example, in the footballing, uh, in soccer, uh, there's a massive campaign to ensure that there's diversity within football managers because it was a very white uh, job and there was, there was no one. And, and interestingly, it's working. Um, but we've had nothing like that in Ireland. Was there any any moves or did something happen naturally? Um, so uh, we have an interesting issue here, I think, within education. So teachers are quite underpaid. Uh, hmm. And this may be a, an opinion, 
but I think the opinion is validated by the amount of times that teachers are on strike, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I think we have a shortage of teachers that are available, right? Okay. And the job is getting a lot harder. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because when you're mentioning things like, okay, well, how do we ensure that we diversify the actual, the actual teachers that are within the institution? The problem is that at, like at this point, we're actually just grasping at straws. So we're saying whoever can come in, come in. Please. In fact, some institutions are even bringing in teachers that don't have teaching degrees, right? What? Yeah. It's incredible to see really. And, not, and again, not, not in a positive or negative way to be completely mm -hmm. honest, but it's just, so, it's a wonder, right? And, you know, even I've been approached now, you know, I have a music degree. It's fine. Yes. I, I run my personalized learning organization. So mm -hmm. maybe there's a little mer merit there, but at the end of the day, I don't have the hard certificate. So, sure. but they want me in the school. So I'm thinking, well, this is interesting. Well, why is this the case? And there are many reasons. One is because there's the job is hard. It's very difficult. Mm -hmm. We focus a lot on mental health, which I think that's mm -hmm. added to the teacher's plate. Now every student is being diagnosed with something. So that's added mm -hmm. to the teacher's plate. Um, you know, there, there are different, you know, uh, uh, just who people are as well coming up in, in the, in the uh, environment and society. So all of these things are being stacked on the teacher's plates, right? So to say that the teacher demographic is diverse, I think it really depends on where you are within the city, within the country uh, and whatnot. But to be honest, so I live in a city called Brantford, Ontario right now. Anyway, okay. And most of the teachers are predominantly white. Now, okay. we have, especially in this city, there have been many cultures moving to the city. It's about an hour away from Toronto. So you can get to Toronto fairly quickly and you can actually afford a house, like things like that. Right. But I get it. Most, yeah. right. But most of the teachers, I would say almost 90 to 95% of them are not necessarily what we would say or identify as diverse. Mm. Right. So how do you, how, how do you tackle this when there's actually a shortage of teachers in the first place? Because one, the job's too hard, right. To, uh, there are a lot of just, you know, like I was mentioning earlier, right? A lot of things are stacked on and also the pay is not amazing, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then now everybody wants to work from home anyway, and there's so many jobs for working from home. So it's very difficult to change this, I think, in uh, in this modern culture. But sure. uh, one of the things that I do still applaud and I am, uh, you know, sort of look at as positive is that some of these measures for changing the curriculum in order to be inclusive, Right. That's what I think we're really great at with within Ontario is that we even though we know that maybe most of the teachers might be white, we make sure that the curriculum is going to represent everyone. And even if it is maybe taking a little less Christmas inside of the schools, which is mm. this is a big fight. Right. So, again, I went to a Catholic school when I was younger. I went to a Catholic high school. I grew up. My parents were you know ministers and things like that. Right. Mm. So. This was a big fight amongst, you know, most of Ontario where, well, why are we taking Christmas out now? Like, what's happening here? So yeah. these are the types. Of, I think that's how we approach it. Instead of changing the personnel, we change the curriculum. Okay. Okay. And that's, uh, that's really interesting. I think, I think that is the road we're kind of, where we're going down. But we're, we're, I'm just, we're so conscious of the fact that it's, 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 um, our, our, like, there's just, there's, there doesn't seem to be any plan either. Uh, because I think one of the problems that uh, I, I, whenever I'm giving um, talks are, around diversity in the in the profession, the same thing comes up 
over and over again as to the reason it's not. I mean, in Ireland, we have lots of barriers to becoming a teacher. You know, you have the Irish language uh, is, is, is one barrier. Um, um, you've got, um, I mean, the, you have to be, I suppose, technically or the right religion, let's say, to work in 90% of schools. I mean, although you're not, you know, you're not asked specifically, are you that particular religion? But you have to uphold that particular ethos, let's say. Uh, but actually, both of those things aren't even in the top two reasons that uh, people from diverse backgrounds have spoken about in research. They've said, "We, I never had a teacher. I never saw an adult in my school from a diverse background. So why would I even think that this was something for me? And um, and, and it's, it's just, a, it's just a, that's that's what we're getting over here anyway in Ireland in terms of uh, of the reason in terms of the curriculum I think yeah the, it's it's funny you were mentioning Christmas it's 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 a, the same battle over here you know we're killing Christmas you know and all this kind of stuff all those allegations that us uh, uh, as we're known as the uh, you know the liberal loony liberal people and all the rest of it we're killing Christmas by you know introducing you know the idea of Hanukkah as you mentioned or Kwanzaa or any of the winter um, winter festivals that are out there and trying to you know I suppose diversify what we teach rather than who if we can't if we can't diversify who's teaching, well, yes, uh, what what do we teach? So it's, I think it's really interesting to have those commonalities um, and the same, I suppose, the same questions. Um, I, I, maybe the impression was that you were, maybe you're, you're, the sales pitch is better than the <laughs> than the actual reality. <laughs> but uh, one, one thing you mentioned, which is kind of interesting, because the word inclusive is another word um, that we hear a lot in Ireland. And it generally meant, it generally when people say inclusive in Ireland, they mean additional needs. Um, so, you know, children with um, learning difficulties or it could be mental health difficulties. You mentioned that as well. And you mentioned that to be as, as quite a big thing. Similarly in Ireland, we found particularly after COVID, um, mental health issues for young people are through the roof and um, you're seeing younger and younger children going through um, really difficult episodes um, that you would never have seen. I mean, maybe even 10 years ago, or very rarely anyway. Um, I mean, could you tell tell me a little bit about you know what 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 you've witnessed in Canada or around, around Ontario anyway, at least in in terms of how how do we work? How do your schools work in terms of children with additional needs, whether the mental health issue or actually just learning difficulties? Uh, I have I have plenty of thoughts on this, right? And Great. to be honest, this is partly why I I you know started this organization in the first place. My my question is so there there are two schools of thought here, right? And one is 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 it the diagnoses that are going up, or is it the actual mental health issue that is increasing, right? Mm. So there's one there's that one side, and then there's the other side where, well, of course, mental health is going to or issues are going to be more prominent because all kids are doing, you know, and adults as well is that they're looking on their phones at what other people are doing across the world, thousands of miles away from them, who seem to have amazing lives, and then they're looking at their lives like they don't have great lives. And then yeah. they feel terrible about themselves. So, of course, there's going to be these issues, right? So, sure. really, the number one battle, I think, right now is how do we take the attention away from those digital sort of mediums and then make sure that, that we're focusing on the things that are important, right? Whether it's you're focusing on your schooling or whatever it might be. Now... There are some schools here where they actually allow digital, you know, phones or whatever it might be within the classroom. And so my daughter goes to a school right now where they have free time, right? Okay. I never had free time. You have recess. <laughs> right? 
But you're sitting in the class and you finish your work early, then you can just go on the computer and people are on YouTube, kids are on doing whatever. And I'm, listen, my wife and I are sending emails almost on a daily basis, right? Now, our kids are pretty good. They're generally in the top of their class just because we set them up that way, right? Sure. But at the end of the day, I don't want my child on YouTube where random ads are showing up and all these things. I don't, mm -hmm. I can't control it. We don't know what's going on, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think when it comes to the mental health, I, I don't think we're focusing on the correct areas in order to fix this, right? Okay. And I think what we're doing is we're telling the teachers, you need to work harder on fixing this. We're not yeah. training them to do it because let's be, let's be real about this, right? If we need help within mental health, why aren't we going to the psychologists? Yeah. Yeah. We don't have any psychologists in the, in the schools. I don't know if they right? Yeah. But definitely not here in Ontario, but I don't even know if people are thinking about this. But instead, they're giving it to the teachers who are not skilled in this. They're not, they, they don't have the papers for this in order to solve these problems, right? So what ends up happening is that now we have to label everything as inclusive, right? We have to bring everybody into the, into the fold. Now, what we're also doing, which inclusive, unfortunately, also means that you have to label those mm -hmm. same children. So what happens okay. is that you end up on what we call IEPs or individual education plans, right? Yeah where now some students, they even have a personal worker that comes in and works with them, which has its own psychological sort of, you know, um, uh, validations negatively, right? Mm. Which doesn't really help the situation. So yes, you may think it's help. And like, let's be realistic. Are these IEPs actually working? Who's tracking mm. this data? Because then the students, then the parents come to me and then they're like, oh, my, my child can't read. And then I say, really? Okay. And then I do what I do. And then we're reading because, okay. and I'll tell you why this works. It's because of the one-on-one -on -one interaction, right? A hundred. Okay. So Interesting. I, I think that by definition, though we're trying to be inclusive by doing these things, we're actually segregating children at the same time, which is actually doing more harm than good. Right. So how do we fix this? Again, I think it's one-on-one -on -one interaction. Fine. Uh, mm -hmm. But again, it's being worked through, and to be honest, at least it's being addressed right now. Mm. Maybe one at some point. Now, I'm hoping that the things that I want to implement will actually be able to implement. I know this is going to take a long time, but I'm determined to get there where I want to have more instruction where I can help out. I can have my, my uh, individualized instructors come in and you know do something virtually with the students for short periods of time and just get to the core. Because that's what I've realized is get to the core of the reason why this student doesn't know something. Get to the core of the reason why this student is having this mental health breakdown, right? Because we're just labeling it as such. And these aren't experts that are labeling it. So, sure. you know what I mean? This is, it, it's a bit yeah. of an issue. So I think that as we continue the discussion, have discussions like these as well, we can continue to uncover, okay, well, how do we kind of perform the next steps? But what I found is get to the core of the issue. When it comes to practicing drums, it's down to a molecular level. It's one hand at a time, slowly, yeah. slowly, slowly. Get to the core, fix the core, and then we'll be able to, you know, expand from there. But I think we're doing a good job in terms of at least opening up the conversation. I think we yeah. need to keep opening it up and get out of sort of the echo chamber of teachers, of school system, of all these things, and get those who are in other areas to come in and say, well, there are other ways to do this. Maybe these are people that deal with adults in this respect, right? And we're with the children in that respect. So just a thought anyway. Again, I'm also not. Yeah. 
but it's it's really interesting. Like it, despite that, you you know you're you're saying you're saying things that are they're very relevant in even in Ireland where we're dealing with exactly the same sort of struggles. That we, we in some ways we have this kind of institution uh, called school, which basically throws in you know whatever 25 30 i don't know how many children are in a classroom in canada but over here it's around 30 uh, which is very high and um and then you're all expecting them to you're, well you're you're some people <laughs> expect uh them to all learn at the same level which is obviously impossible uh and the purpose of school when it was invented was to get people out into the factories and to the the mills and the you're you're you were basically training workers for the future to all do a particular time kind of uh, job, but it it doesn't really fit a twenty first century outlook. Um, and outside of school, the thing is, loads of things have changed as well. I mean, you brought up technology being a huge um issue. You brought uh, up um additional needs and the idea and the and sometimes how how I'm not sure if if you if if you I'm paraphrasing here, and I hope I'm right when I'm saying this. Uh, that sometimes. Labeling is, uh, you know, labeling over labeling, maybe, uh, you know, when we're not getting to the root of an issue, we, we're sort of almost, we're not looking at the symptoms, we're just kind of, you're, 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 you're not looking at the core, you're looking at what's happening right now. And let's just whatever, whatever that might be, give you an extra, you know, few hours of the same thing or... You know, I, I mean, in Ireland, thankfully, we haven't gone down the route of some, you know, you hear horror stories from uh, your your neighbours down there about feeding kids with loads of drugs and things like that to help them concentrate and all the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I suppose, the, I, I don't know, I, I guess the question I'm sort of trying to get around to, um, because the one thing you said there, which I thought was really interesting, and I suppose it leads on to what you do, is individualised education, individual, uh, and it's an expectation in the 21st century of any good and civilised education system that a child gets um, individual attention. It's really hard in a school setting. But you have the answer. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd like to think that I've got some answer to something. I mean, you know, I've, I've been on, on this earth for some time. So I've seen a few things, just like I'm sure most of us have, right? And once we open our eyes and actually take a look and say, you know what, maybe a lot of the things that I've been doing, I shouldn't be doing, right? Maybe what I'm seeing other people are doing, I don't need to follow how other people do things because, you know, I know how that's going to end up. I feel, I feel like that's that's one of the, the, the gifts that I have personally, where sure. I'll look at a scenario and I'll say, okay, there's something about this that doesn't make sense. I can just get to the root of it and then understand, well, if we just fix this core issue, then we're good. Right. That's why I talk about the core so much. Right. Yeah. So and that's honestly why I was successful in my job as director of operations as well, was that my my boss would always say, you know, you've got this intuition. Right. I'm like, well, I guess it's just sort of systematically looking at a situation. That's how I look mm. at it. Right. So mm. I want to back up a little bit because you said you talked about uh, medical intervention. Right? Yeah. This is it breaks my heart mm. at this point because yeah. this is how we deal with things in, here in Ontario. Now, okay. it's not all the time, right? But it's more often than I'd like to see. In fact, I have some children who even come over to our place. And I hear these stories about, okay, what we're going to do with our child right now because this child is labeled with ADHD, labeled with this, learning disability here, here, there. I'm looking at the child and I'm like, this looks like a regular person. We're good, right? And have conversations with them. You know, I'd be sitting at the piano <clears throat> with, with certain children and then 
they want to learn how to play piano and I'm yeah. teaching them how to play piano and they're accepting the information. And I'm like, this isn't really, and then they'll just go on and have fun after that, you know, with their friends and whatever, maybe we're having a party here. Mm. And this isn't really synonymous with what I would see as someone who requires, you know, medical intervention. Right. Sure. And again, when many students come to me, they're on the brink of going towards medical intervention. And I almost save some of them because I'm giving them the individualized uh, instruction. Right. Mm. Even if it's just for one assessment, because all I want to know is who the child is. Think about it. Think about if you're if you have a mentor. Right. And you have a mentor and this person is just feeding you information that has nothing to do with you. But it has to do with your industry. Mm. But they, they're not they don't know who you are. They don't care about who you are. I'm not saying that teachers don't care about who you are, but maybe they just don't have the capacity because they're doing too many things. Mm. And. And then, you know, they're, they're just giving you, they're feeding you information that, that is not relevant to you. Sure. Well, how do you, how do you learn this? How do you even enjoy this? You can't, right? So we, one thing that I've been, you know, kind of working with the team on is trying to figure out how, what can we institute? So we come up with the three L's, right? So first you have to love it so that you can learn it and then you can live it, right? Mm-hmm. So as an example, one of the things that I do, I have one student. And he is, uh, he's in grade six and we were chatting about a bunch of things, right? So he loves, you know, th- there's this one game on, on the mobile phone that he loves, right? And absolutely loves it. And so, you know, we need to work on his writing. We need to work on his storytelling because listen, life is just storytelling. Once you can master that, you're, you're gold, right? Uh, being able to read and interpret information, being able to write it out in forms because listen, you're going to have to write an essay at some point. It's what it is, right? So being able to do this and be comfortable with it. Uh, you know, make sure you can infer uh, information based on a story. So how do I approach this with him? Like, I don't want to do boring work that is like, you know, reading out of a textbook and here, do this assignment that's completely irrelevant to you. What I do, I actually open the textbooks now and I say, okay, you see this story? You see what they're asking you to do? We're going to change all of the words that are not related to you into (laughs) things that are related to you. So when you see, um, you know, we want to, let's say, uh, write a story about someone who has traveled the world uh, learning how to be a pilot, right, mm-hmm. or something. Well, you're not a pilot, you don't even like to fly, and you don't enjoy traveling, great. So we're going to change it into write a story about this, uh, you know, avatar within this game that has whatever, whatever, and I want you to explain it to me in the mm-hmm. terms that you would like to so that I can see your punctuation, right? So that mm-hmm. I can see how you write stories. I want to see how you indent. I want to see, you know, uh, is it neat? It's You're mm-hmm. learning the exact same principles, but sure. now you care about it, Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, and then what can we do with that? Well, now, well, okay, well, maybe you're explaining a concept to me from one of these games. Well, why don't we make a Reddit post out of it? Okay. Sure. Interesting. There's a goal attached to it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that these are the things that are sort of missing where we're almost just for like, and you, oh my goodness, you said it yourself and you use the same numbers that I always use 25 to 30 students in the classroom and you have one child, one, one teacher. Mm. How, like, could you imagine going to battle against 25 people? Like you can't, you're never going to win this, right? You're going to be attacked from all angles. And that's what's happening in the schools is that the teachers they're getting kids from all different backgrounds and we're trying to teach them in the same way. Mm. So this is a big problem. 
right? So sure. insert individualized, of course, that's not scalable to some degree. I'm trying to make it scalable. I have a lot of thought processes behind it. I'm working with a few schools to get it done right now, but it is very difficult to do one-on-one. I mean, how, like, think about it, right? Like, how do you fund this, right? Yeah, how sure. Do you need for this, right? So, but there are ways to do it. I'm looking at different uh, kind of virtual interventions throughout the school day, uh, working with different children, because again, getting to the core of an issue doesn't take very long. Right. It's just you just have to address it specifically. And I think that that's one thing, again, like I was mentioning, I'm kind of blessed with this, which I don't know, maybe it was something that I really worked on. I didn't know whatever it is. But I think that finding the core, addressing it and moving on to the next is the best way that you're ever going to be able to scale something like this. Absolutely. And so you you founded the the John Ayers Learning Club. So, I mean. Tell, tell, tell us about well, who who is I mean I presume John Ayres is a person uh, I I was I have to say I was googling and um, I, I I I didn't get it so I uh, so t- tell us who John Ayres is and then tell us about the the Learning Club yes so so John Aves right so John Aves Learning Aves, Club. sorry yes no it's okay so it is uh, so Jonah is my son's name ah. and then Ava is my daughter's name very so, good. We just put them together and then we put a, you know, curriculum behind it. And then now we've got, you know, a, a learning club in that respect. But yeah, just the two names of my kids. And they're, they're my, my entire being at this point. Uh, brilliant. And, uh, how, are they, uh, are they still children or are they uh, young adults now at this stage or? No, they're still, still young going through the system, right? Uh, eight years old, six years old. Oh, so, you know, it's, it is really beautiful. And just to see how, how they interpret the world and, utilizing a lot of the skill sets and understanding and tools that we've given them, man, if I, I know that there are some who maybe don't have children, don't want to have children. Obviously there are some that can't have children and whatnot. Sure. If there's a way to work it out, like, wow, what a sense of purpose. And yeah, I, yeah. I think it's just a beautiful thing just to be able to experience. And I just, and also I'm that type of person that wants to experience everything, right? For the sure. most part, right? And I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of value in, in understanding that, well, I, if I don't feed this child, like I, I could get in trouble, <laughs> right? So I have to figure this out regardless of what's happening in my own life. And yes, it's, it's a lot of fun. It really is. Oh, it, it really is. No, I, I've, I've an eight year old myself and uh, it's just a great age. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, 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 it, I think, I think, um, I suppose well, if we were talking in about five or six years time, we'll probably have very different, um, very different conversation. Oh my God, why did we have children at all? But uh, <laughs> there's a lot of newness coming down the pipeline. I'm sure, from what yeah. I've seen, anyway. We know, we know it's coming, but we, you know, we'll enjoy what we have right now. But tell me, um, yeah, about the. So let's say I am a parent and I have my eight year old, and let's let's just say I'm kind of, I've heard about the John Aves Learning Club, and you know, I saw the the blurb god long division by the age of the, this this guy seems to be what what am i expecting as a as a parent of a child when i when i approach you oh for sure so i mean i think one of the first things that you're definitely expecting is being able to have something that's curated right and i think that's what's very important and i again like i was mentioning before one of the biggest pieces is being able to give your child some some level of attention i mean mm. think about it right you're you're out you're doing you're working and Again, I don't know how it is in in Ireland, but definitely here, over the last two, three years, obviously, we've seen a lot of inflation that's been happening. Mm. I mean, houses that used to cost 400000 or a million dollars within like mm-hmm. two years, right? So how sure. how do you sustain this? Your wages aren't going up this amount, so you got to add jobs or maybe your spouse needs to work or, you know, whatever it is, right? And I think this has reduced the time 
that parents can spend with their children. Sure. Now, the other piece of this is that, well, guess what? That replacement now for the time is now replaced by social media. Sure. This is not a good replacement. This is, I'm standing firm on this. Yeah, I know you're, you're not getting a disagreement here. Um, <laughs> at all. And e- even though I'm an avid social media user myself, yes. uh, I, I, I completely agree with you. I think a lot of the techie giants out there, they never let their kids actually own the devices that they invented. You know, I think that's quite, quite well known, isn't it? Well, uh, I mean, imagine that basically, not imagine because this is the situation, but these, you know, tech giants, they have shareholders. They're saying we have to grow year over year. So what are we going to do? We're going to implement the most addictive possible algorithms within the ecosystem, you know, so that we can continue to get more users and gain more users and, you know, make more money and all these things. Of course, they're going to do what they can to be able to, to make sure that they're on top. So this doesn't take into account any of the lives that they're really hurting. Now, they are benefiting many people. Listen, for myself, now when I go on TikTok, my feed is amazing. I've got you know, fitness, this, I've got, uh, you know, motivational, this, and it is incredible because it just keeps feeding me all this information. But let's be real. When you're down the wrong path or down any other path, I would almost argue you're going to run into things that are going to put you into this mental health spiral. Right. And I mean, that's a bit of an issue, especially when you're nine years old, 10 years old. I mean, kids have phones. They're six at this point. Right. So it's what it is. And yeah. my, my kids, we, yeah, not, we don't do any of that, right? But I think that that's what's important is being able to have that one-on-one time. And that's what we provide effectively here as well at, at John Aves. And we just want to make sure that we understand how children learn. Understand your mm-hmm. children, right? Mm-hmm. If, there are certain things that my kids are interested in that other children aren't interested in. So when I do mathematics with them, we, we go from that direction, right? I wouldn't do the same thing uh, that I would do with them with other children. So... And they appreciate it. It's amazing. Some some kids like tactile, right? Some yeah. kids love opening the book. Some kids want to watch it. Some kids want to listen to it, right? So just being able to be flexible, that's another thing, right? Is that you'll, you'll get flexibility, especially when mm-hmm. you come through us as well. But, you know, I don't want this to be like a company pitch. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to learn just like, you know, most others, right? And I think, but at the end of the day, you know, being able to to give that individualized learning, it also helps us gather data and understand, well, how do we make this even more efficient for the children and the parents and all these things? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think that, that, that's earned. I, I, I wanted to ask about, uh, you know, your, you, what really what the theory behind of what you were doing, and really it's come through. I mean, this is about, you know, giving children time, um, uh, uh, number one, um, because, uh, because we're very time poor as a society now. And you're right. I think you know, the, I don't know. Again, it, it, I love speaking to people in other countries because we. Every time I ask a question, thinking I, I really hope other countries don't do this. You know, actually, I get this made when the answer is yes. But we, but I, 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 we see a lot. Uh, you know, if we go out as a family for to a restaurant or something like that, we sit down as a family and we talk to each other. But we can't help but notice almost every other table, the children are watching devices. Um, and it's almost like they're, they, it's almost like the parents that are there I'm not giving out I mean I, I can totally understand why, why why this happens the parents need some time with each other mm. and because, and this might be the only opportunity they have and you know I, I, having kids is tough and geez I, 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 I get it um, And uh, but it's not the right distraction <laughs> you know sometimes 
you know, I, I kind of, uh, and in, in many ways that, that can lead down, you know, these, these, these difficult paths as you're talking about the mental health thing, because as you said, TikTok for you is a good experience somewhat because you're, because the content you uh, look at very quickly, the algorithm finds out, well, you're into this particular thing. A child is going to start uh, uh, on TikTok is going to, um, you know, stereotypically a, a, a boy is going to look at Minecraft, let's say, or he's going to look at a gaming. And then all of a sudden that goes down that dark route of gaming violence or blah, 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 blah. blah. And all of a sudden we're into very, very dark places. And uh, the time poor problem, I think, for parents and replacing with technology, I mean, is, do you think it's, you know, as educators, we're actually almost being left to fix or do you think is is there any action from uh, from other places where we're really because we all know this is this this isn't good but we're it's almost like we're addict so addicted that we, we we're not even thinking anymore I don't know but I, I it's sort of a random question not really educational but it's just it's an interest it's just because you raised it I just thought it was very interesting no I mean I, I think this is all rooted in education I think life is education again you open social media you're being educated one way or another and whether it is, you know, positively, negatively, neutrally, nothing is neutral. Sorry, that's not even fair. Yeah. Right. But you you are being educated. So when these kids open up these Minecraft videos are being educated when you're seeing, you know, some degeneracy, you're being educated. Yeah. That's how it is. So are we left to fix it? I think we are left with the challenge of. Uh, I think it's more of a war than it is a uh, battle to fix. Mm-hmm. And I think if we also interpret this war as something that we can join positively, which is why we implemented sort of the digital side of our tutoring, uh, yeah. where, you know, give the kids something else to do. Yeah. If they're on the devices, give them something else to do on the devices, because right now, what do they have to do? Okay, mm-hmm. there's a couple of math games and things like that, but let's be realistic. Most parents are not paying attention to what their kids are doing. They really aren't. And even the subtle thing, I will watch certain videos that I think are safe. And I'm, believe me, my wife and I fine tooth comb. We make sure that we're going through everything that our kids are watching. And we start watching a couple of, you know, clips. And it's like, wait, we were letting our kids watch this. And there's these little small things that, you know, maybe it's a a word here that we don't like. Or... Mm -hmm. They, they, they said something in a certain way or they're not really being nice to each other, right? Yeah. Video. Yeah. And these are the small things that the kids pick up on. And then when you see kids that are running around being rude to each other, we're thinking, why is it happening? And it's yeah. because they're watching these, you know, clips that are, um, you know, uh, amicable. They're watching them that are, that are oh, they're, they're not so bad. That's it. And it's funny. And, 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 and like only, and it's only this week, my, my son came home from school and he's like, Daddy, what's roasting? And sure, and it's like his friends are like watching these videos of people abusing each other effectively for for entertainment. <laughs> so I, I mean, you have to explain what it is and how it's not very nice. Uh, but this is you know, uh, but it's 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 kind of it's just sort of um, it's really interesting, you know, that the that it, they don't even have to be using technology themselves um, that much. But when they come into school because they're in school. They're going to pick up on it, so it's an added, another, an added layer for um, for educators and I suppose parents too. And and to be fair, I mean, I think we're being very polite about this in our conversation because this is these are very light examples. 
right? Mm. And I remember even when I was younger, right, we would think certain things were offensive or whatnot. But now the things that are happening, right, the things that are being promoted by these children who are or promoted to children and by children for children that are extremely young, eight years old, nine years old, and they're doing what on these platforms? I mean, mm. this is it's not good. And then we look at, at what this sort of moves forward and means, but we could have this conversation all day. Uh, but yeah. I think at the end of the day, what it is, is that is it up to the educators to fix this? I think what it is, is that we need to figure out how to be more engaging. Yeah. With yeah, I think it's a competition, isn't it? Like we, I, I, the word that jumps out at me and I, I speak about this, I, 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 before I became a teacher, I was into, I was a software developer and uh, so technology has always been kind of part of my, my life and I, I use technology on a daily basis and the, the word is always meaningful. Um, you know, if you can make the technology meaningful and I think engaging, you know, I'm going to get, I sound like the Spanish Inquisition, meaningful and engaging, I'll come up with a third word, but uh, <laughs> a bit of Monty Python there. But um, the, the thing is, um, if we're not, we, we, do, we are competing um, against this really, really addictive really I mean very useful but very dangerous thing that is uh, that that is digital media and you know I think I mean I suppose every industry is doing even I imagine in music I mean God you don't you don't need to be a drummer anymore you know you do you, <laughs> sorry it's There's just no need for us it's that's it right you can yeah, one game the, over you can hit one button and you have a whole drum beat for the rest of the song right and I, I just want to say one thing as well based on what you were saying um so Remember, this whole idea of personalized instruction, this isn't my idea. Mm. I guess it is. If I'm sitting here on a podcast saying, what do you do? I say it's my idea. But let's be realistic about this, right? Companies have been doing this for however long. You, you're mentioning your mm. sort of side of being a software developer. I remember mm. when machine learning and all these sort of ideals started becoming in, all these training of systems started coming in we're trying to create personalized experiences for the end user. Yeah. So what am I doing? Mm. I'm just creating a personalized experience. But here's the thing. I can actually, you know, touch the child. I can actually yeah. high five them. I can actually, yeah. you know, have a conversation with them, look them in the eye. I can speak with them in their language, in the things that they enjoy instead of, you know, these artificial videos coming up and, Again, it is personalized. This is what these algorithms yes. are doing. So if we can do this in real life, then we will always have the advantage. But again, mm. very difficult to do when you have 30 children in the classroom, right? It sure is. It sure is. Well, I, would you believe, I can't believe it. I just looked at the time where we're already almost an hour into the podcast. And um, I I suppose one of the things that I do, and, and it's always a, it's a difficult question to ask someone who isn't from Ireland because, you know, you don't, yeah, I, I assume you aren't, very familiar with the Irish education system specifically, but it sounds to me that Canada, you know, Ontario's um, education system isn't that far removed. I mean, we're we're both English-speaking countries. We both are ex-British sort of, uh, I suppose, co colonies and all the rest of it. So our, our education systems come from the same foundations, really. And I imagine where we're all coming from the same, so more or less the same space in a way. And um, I always ask every guest, uh, a basically if they were the minister for education so they have a benign dictatorship which so they can do one thing uh, and it will become the law uh, so you, you, we'll let you become the, the minister for education in Ontario uh, and we'll see if we can map it over to Ireland what would be the one thing the one law or the one rule you would make uh, for the education system 
oh yeah that's that's easy for sure i i can't wait to be the, the minister of education actually i'm very excited <laughs> uh, finally i'm here i've made it so yeah you must implement at least a 15 minute block of one-on-one -on -one time with every single student wow every single student how you do this i'm the minister you have to figure it out <laughs> but, if but if you're asking me there are ways to do this uh, and again this is one thing that we're implementing is you can do this virtually with students. okay yeah and it has to be during the school day stop taking the time for kids outside of school to do more work that's not yeah. homework right yeah they're not yeah. they have duties to to complete or they should anyway to complete for school Great. Very good. Do not do additional work at school. If they need help at school, get someone there to help them at school. And this can happen now that we have all these tools, now that the children are perfectly adept and understand and are happy to be on devices anyway. Well, give them somebody that's going to give them some extra education and actually learn who they are. Because that's okay. missing across the world. Not only children, also adults. Nobody's interested in anyone anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. that's a very blanket statement, but you know, effectively that's sort of the, that's the, the issue that we're seeing these days, right? Everyone is very much looking within themselves. It's very self-indulgent, all of these things. So sure. you must implement one portion for every single day, 15 minutes. That's all that you need. And okay. So one, five, 15. Yes. One, five, one, five. And that's, that's my okay. uh, minister of education spiel right there. That is, that is really good. And it's really interesting because I, I'm going to, I'm going to, really press you a little bit on this one because um you know what i think what what a lot of schools do have certainly in ireland now now have is we have one teacher and a class we also have these uh, people called learning support where well, they were called learning support teachers we have a different acronym now and uh, they would take children with uh, children with learning difficulties sometimes out of the classroom and give you know the, this individualized time and that works but we're, we're moving to like every child and that's really interesting you know and 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 and, you know, and, and, and people listening to this, your instant reaction is, sure, that's impossible. How would one do that? You know, how, we, we, you know, with so many children, I have 420 pupils in my school, giving them 15 minutes each every day. But the idea, you know, that the thing is, when we think about it a little bit more, a lot, a lot of the time when they take out their Chromebooks or their laptops and they're doing something that might be slightly personalized, but isn't particularly personalized, you know, you know, kind of a maths program, well, you know, someone say maths is fairly universal uh i would disagree but um at the same time you you know what is their what is their interest and is there somebody out there i mean there's you know that 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 can do that experience i i, I can see i can actually see it happening there'll be a bit of work but i think it's a, it, it's certainly possible so i'm i'm gonna let you have that as your uh as your law i'm gonna i'm gonna get that enacted if i can over here <laughs> well you know what how about this we'll do it for we'll do it once a week how's that well, well I'll, I'll say once a week and then I'll be a nice, a nice minister for today. Right. That's, that's pretty good. I, I, go. I, I think we'll take that. <laughs> so listen, Max, could, if, if people are interested in getting in touch with you, they're learning more about your work, uh, um, maybe how, what, what would be the best way of contacting you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, there's so many ways. It's every platform, right? So, but, right. you know, come on Twitter, right? I'm sure most people are on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at, so it's at John Aves TV. So J-O-N-A-Y-V-E-S-T-V. So I'm on there. I'm putting up, you know, little mental health hacks as well for those who kind of want little nuggets every day. Uh, and then there's, you can find me on LinkedIn, Maxwell Roach. So check out our TikTok and YouTubes, right? Yes. So our 
our, uh, well, I'm sorry, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So if you check us out on YouTube at John Aves TV, same as, as my Twitter, you'll find that our kids, they're actually doing little YouTube shorts and they're doing addition. You know, I'll ask my daughter, what's five plus 12 plus 30 plus 65 minus whatever plus whatever. And she just answers the questions, right? And yeah, I think, yeah. you know, lots of fun, right? And then uh, we're doing this on Instagram as well. So you can check us out on Instagram at AJ's House Kids. So that's A-J-S-H-O-U-S-E-K-I-D-S. And those are most right. of the, the handles effectively. And, you know, I don't know, just engage, have fun. I, I, I love that Minister of Education question, right? Because it's funny. I'm the kind of person where it's like always shoot for the, for the moon. Why? Yeah. Because you're going to end up somewhere that's kind of like, you're not going to get there. Let's be realistic. Yeah. But you'll yeah. figure out some sort of middle ground that works, right? Instead of it's, trying to rehash the same sort of policies and whatnot, go for something radically different so that you can think differently. That's a big yeah. test, right? Yeah, sure. Brilliant. Brilliant. No, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you. I've really, really enjoyed your conversation. Um, and and thanks so much for agreeing to to talk to me. And um, look, I, I wish you the very best of luck with uh, with the Learning Club. I uh, I mean, just even speaking to you for the hour. I mean, you're you're a naturally inspiring person, and um, I, I and thank you for spending time with me. I, I really really enjoyed it. Oh man, thank you, and thank you for everything that you do. I mean, without without head teachers and principals, and trust me, I I do not want to be in those positions. You have <laughs> utmost of importance. So thank you for everything that you do. Uh, you're very good. Uh, Maxwell Roach, the founder of the John Aves Learning Club. Thanks so much for joining me. And uh, we will hopefully this uh, we will chat again soon sometime. Thank you. So there you have it. A very big thank you to Max for joining me on the podcast and giving us uh, some insight into the Canadian education system, as well as a little bit of insight into his own work. Uh, fascinating character, I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, so that is it from me for this week. Uh, you can join me in a couple of weeks time for another episode of uh, If I Were the Minister for Education. And next time I will be talking about the murky world of job interviews for teachers. Uh, I hope you will be interested in that one and uh, look forward to speaking to you then. Thanks so much for listening. All the very best. Bye bye.